sports year-round. We are WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans, 1061 Nash Icon. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rigo, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday night version here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Tune in app available for you anywhere in the world to listen in via iHeart. Of course, you can also get our podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on podcast on the left side column of Crescent City Sports front page and you'll do so. You can get us at home via Alexa anytime. You can email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Later in the show, Shemet Duo joins us to talk about the Pelicans. We'll also visit with Jordi Collada on LSU in just a bit as well. By the way, Major League Baseball, as we speak, Arizona in good shape. After five, they lead Philadelphia 4-1, to one, trying to force a seventh and deciding game in the National League Championship Series. Aaron Nola knocked out of the game in the fifth inning for the Phillies, having yielded four runs. American League Championship will be decided tonight. The Battle of Texas goes down to a seventh and deciding game. The Rangers at Houston, the visiting team has won every single game in the series. Simply amazing. Another stat for you, Bruce Bochy has never lost a Game 7. Dusty Baker hasn't won a Game 7. Very interesting numbers considering these two teams that are as evenly matched as you could possibly fathom. That was the case during the regular season, and it's been the case during this particular series. Of course, the New Orleans Saints played last Thursday, so a pretty substantial time between games in Indianapolis this Sunday to face the Colts. And, of course, the hope there is that you get some players back that have been out of action. Too early to tell you whether that's going to be the case or not. Offensive line banged up, of course. Jawan Johnson's been out for quite some time. Again, we'll have to wait and see when the first injury report comes out on Wednesday as to whether or not they'll get anybody back. Pleasure to be joined now by Les East of CrescentCitySports.com, among his many ventures, to talk about the Saints. Les, a pleasure always. Thank you for joining us. And I guess, you know, the first thought would be the extra time off gives you some 
not only time to heal, but a chance to evaluate. And there's some hard evaluations to be made as to why this team is 3-4 and four and has been disappointing against a pretty light schedule to this point. Well, yeah, and I think that's an important point that you make there, that uh, the schedule is only going to get tougher. So if they don't get better, their record's probably going to get worse. So uh, that, that's significant moving forward. Uh, although these next two games aren't necessarily the, the toughest. Uh, Indianapolis is playing fairly well with a backup quarterback, and, uh, and that's as the Bears. But um, more to your point about the uh, longer week, you know, it, it helps get refreshed. It helps you do a, a little bit of self, self-scouting, not as much as you would do uh, with a full bye week. But, uh, you know, I, I just have a hard time being encouraged that it's going to make any difference mm-hmm. because, I mean, they've been working all off season training camp and now we're seven games into the season and they're still and i'm talking about the offense here primarily they're still trying to figure out how they can make the offense work and i i just don't don't know what they're going to be able to do with an an extra three days that they haven't been able to do in all those months they were preparing for the season and and what they've done through what's been a pretty four pretty poor first seven games for the offense yeah it's Amazing because when you look at the numbers, they are where they are. The Falcons lead the division at four and three, and the Saints are the highest scoring team in the NFC South. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of hard to figure. Um, it just goes to show what we've all always known is that this is uh, an unusually weak division, and uh, almost everybody except for Carolina is going to stay alive into late December, if not till January, because it's so mediocre and so evenly matched. But, uh, you know, but the, the Falcons look like they're getting better the last couple of weeks. Uh, Desmond Ritter two weeks ago had a, had probably his best game. Uh, Tampa Bay's been up and down. The, the Saints have, other than the aberration in New England, the Saints have been pretty much a flat line. and You can take that <laughs> that term any way you want. Uh, with their offense. So, yeah, it doesn't feel quite as bad because of the division they're in, but it's still pretty bad. Well, the Saints offense actually has shown signs of life with 400-yard games here and actually scored some points in the last game. So there's that. There is some sign of life. On the other hand, we also see the finger-pointing, and it's not in the words at all. They're not being said. But on the field, you can see the frustration and the disappointment. And Michael Thomas even said a few things on Twitter uh, this past week, too. So you start to wonder a little bit as to whether or not this team has confidence in its coaches, confidence in its quarterback, confidence in each other. Does the quarterback have confidence in his receivers? Does the quarterback have confidence in his offensive line as to whether they can hold up long enough for him to throw the ball where it needs to be thrown? I think all these things are certainly now in play yeah they are and and nothing's going to change it except greater productivity and victories and uh you know i'm not sure how they get to that point uh obviously the communication between Derek carr and the receivers especially the two second year guys uh is not where they had hoped it would be at this point they knew it would be a work in progress because you have young receivers and you have a quarterback coming to a new team 
So it was going to take a while, but they are behind schedule and they're not improving at the rate uh, that they think they should be improving at. I think Derek Carr has been uh, probably not gotten as much of the criticism as he probably deserves. His uh, accuracy is a major problem, and I don't think that's necessarily because he's not capable of being an accurate passer. I think he's rushing things. That's partly because probably the pass protection is not being good, and he's a little gun-shy. But he's too quick to go to the check down. He rushes throws. You look at the throw to uh, Rashid Shahid in the back of the end zone the other night where Shahid was wide open, and he, he threw it you know, 10, 10 feet over him, and uh, Shahid almost made a phenomenal catch. So it's uh, Carr is not poised, as you would expect a 10-year veteran to be. He doesn't seem in command as much as you would like him to be, and the communication isn't there. Having said all that, I do think they may have stumbled onto something with the hurry-up offense that they were forced to implement against Jacksonville. Carr was more efficient, I think more comfortable doing that, and they definitely have to look at incorporating that into their game plan like they used to do some with Drew Brees. Yeah, they were very effective and moved it very well. And all those things you said are true, and yet we're having a different conversation if Foster Morrow can catch a perfectly thrown ball. Yeah, that's true. And uh, maybe it's best that he didn't catch that ball because this is a conversation we need to have. And that might have just masked um, the ongoing issues. You know, that would have meant that one quarter of good play negated three quarters of bad play. But they're still playing bad uh, more often than they're playing good. And that has to be addressed. But you're right. That's how close they were. And, you know, again, Blake Groupie misses a field goal, which could have changed the dynamic down the stretch, just as it could have a few days earlier in Houston. So they're that close. You know, little breakdowns here and there, one, two, or three plays, which happens a lot in the NFL, has prevented some um, defeats from being victories. You could probably say the reverse about the opener against Tennessee, maybe even the game at Carolina. So, you know, that that's the nature of the business is you got to be able to win most of those handful of key plays. And right now, right now they're not able to do it because even though the defense might do it when it has the opportunity, the offense is failing too often. Well, I think that the other part of that in, uh, in defense of Derek Carr is that maybe we overestimated the talent around him. Uh, maybe we thought players were better than they actually have been. Michael Thomas is, is the one guy that's kind of what you thought he'd be. Solid possession receiver. That's it. Olave's been up and down, and obviously he's broken off routes and not on the same page. Shahid's a, a fast guy, but not a guy that makes a ton of plays. And then they've been missing Jawan Johnson, and Kamara missed three games. He's come back and played some. But other than that, I mean, Taysom Hill's the other guy. So there's that, and then there's the offensive line, and Trevor Penning can't even start when they got all kinds of injuries up front. And that cuts to the other part of the issue, and that is talent evaluation and, and where this franchise is because uh, you look at what the Penning move was. Really, uh, outside of Olave, you're kind of living off the 2017 draft. I'm not sure they've done much of anything since then uh, with the possible exception of Olave. And then 
the decisions they made with kickers. Les, I want to get you to address that, okay? I, I know it's week to week. I know it's still early, but it is what it is. Will Lutz made a 52-yarder to win a game yesterday. He's 11 of 12 on the year. He's made three over 50. His only miss was from 55. Lou Headley is last in the league in hang time. He's tied for second to last in average yards per punt. By the way, Blake Gillikin's averaging over 50 a punt right now in seven punts. And Thomas Morstead is right at the top of the league in net yards per punt as we speak. So evaluation, and to me, that goes into this as well. It's not a second guess. Nothing against Blake Groupie, nothing against Lou Headley, but I think the Saints made the wrong decisions on both. Well, those are all valid points, and they're all important factors in the fact that they're three and four and not better when, when they seem very close to being better than their record. And uh, you're right about all those things. They rolled the dice with the two rookie kickers. And uh, I'm not, I, Will Lutz did not have a great training camp or preseason, and yet. You know, Blake Groupie was really good, but I think he only had one try beyond about 38 yards in the entire preseason, and he'd never kicked in a real NFL game. So I'm not sure that those two guys should not have been evaluated strictly on training camp and preseason because of what Lutz had done prior to this year and what Groupie had not yet yet had an opportunity to do. And Dennis Allen used the term early in training camp, it's like baseball, the tie goes to the runner, meaning the incumbent, the guy who has proven himself, should win a close battle. It was a close battle, and they didn't apply that standard. <coughs> as no, as, uh, I agree. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I think the other part of that is simple. With all due respect, training camp and preseason don't mean much. And you have a, a proven commodity. Whether he had a not-so-good year or not last year, just look at what he's done. He's not old, and he's healthy now, and he's showing it. And with regard to the punter, Gillikin wasn't as nearly as proven as Lutz was but, and was inconsistent a bit last year and in the preseason, but clearly he's more of a natural punter than Headley. And, again, you know, this whole Australian stuff isn't going to work in the NFL. And just go back to the last punt in the game the other day. You know, he kicks one 37 yards. The hang time was less than three seconds. They return it past midfield, and they score two plays later to basically win the game. So, again, I'm not here to knock Groupie. I think Groupie has a chance to be a, a solid NFL kicker. But I, I do think they should have kept lots. That's, that's just my opinion. And with regard to, to Headley, I, I, I just haven't seen it, that, frankly. That's it. No, I haven't seen it. I, I would say this. I, I think the punter competition probably should have been a, a more difficult decision than the kicker because Gillikin did not have as long a track record as Lutz. Yeah. Did not have a good year last year, even though Will didn't have a great year last year either. Gilligan had some really bad kicks in practice and in uh, preseason. So I could see how that one might have been a little bit closer. Nonetheless, I think they should have erred on the side of the veterans. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's only seven games. Yep. And both of these guys, there are many cases of kickers and punters having rough starts to their career and wind up being really good for a long period of time. And 
they still have an opportunity to do that. But to this point, those two choices have backfired. Yeah, let's hope that you're right. Let's each with us. Uh, by the way, Thomas Morstead averaging 47.9 per punt and his net of 44.4 is top five in the league. But that was all about money. Uh, the kicker is that guy was special, and he's still good, and he's still doing it well for the Jets at his age. Meanwhile, you know, the rest of the issues, and everything's on offense. I mean, we can talk about defense, but, you know, we've got about four or five minutes left. It's all on offense, this offensive line. Ironically, this patchwork group played better than at any other time during the season that we've seen their offensive line play, which really, that's also kind of revealing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I would attribute it to the fact that two of the guys who were only in there because of injuries, uh, Garcia and uh, Irving, were uh, were veteran players. And I think having veteran players in there was a stabilizing presence around some of the young guys who are still in the lineup. And what they've told us about Trevor Penning, and there there can be no uh, uncertainty about this, they have said we – cannot play him unless we have no other alternative. If he's the only healthy tackle in a given game and he's active, we will have to play him, but we won't like it. And under any other circumstances, we will not play him. And I don't think any critic of Trevor Penning, and he too may still be a good football player for a long period of time, but to this point, I don't think any of his critics have spoken as loudly about his shortcomings as the Saints have by their actions the last few weeks. Yeah, with the investment they made. And then you think about Peyton Turner. Then you think about Marcus Davenport. I could go on and on. Again, living off the 2017 draft and the other decisions they made, including Trey Hendrickson, which was a very poor decision. You know, you could say Marcus Williams was, but he's been hurt quite a bit anyway, so uh, maybe not as much. But bottom line is, again, you live off of the decisions that you've made, and it doesn't look like they've made a whole lot of good decisions. And right now, the decision to sign a quarterback for that money doesn't look like a good decision either. No, it doesn't. And, uh, you know, you you mentioned the 2017 draft, and you're right, they are living off that to a large degree. And that ain't lasting much longer. Ryan Ramsjack is is probably playing five years older than he really is because of the injuries. Correct. Marshawn Patamore, cornerbacks, you know, start to show their age. And Alvin Kamara is at that age where running backs start to show their age. So they need to start making better decisions really, really soon. Uh, if they're going to get this turned back in the other direction. And that's that's talking about the offseason. they still got to mm-hmm. get through this really difficult regular season. Well, I mean, the other, and look, it's too early to say anything about Kendry Miller. He's got ability, but they passed on A-Chain, and they passed on Spears. A-Chain's been unbelievable for the Dolphins before he got hurt, Fast, maybe the fastest back in the league. And Spears, of course, we know what he is. So, again, the decisions that you make. So uh, I guess it's just not a whole lot of positive to talk about right now. The defense has played well enough overall to give this team a chance to win. Offense has shown some signs of life. So let's give it these two weeks and see where they're at. Look, if they beat the Colts and they beat the Bears, they're 5-4, and four, and they're probably sitting in a good spot in the division, and maybe we're thinking a little differently. I guess that's the hope right now. Yeah, and I agree with that. And, and it's not just you know, grasping at straws, okay? They, they've been very close 
in every game and in, in most of these games, the defense is outstanding most of the time. The offense has shown some spurts here and there, and uh, the schedule is a little bit weaker here, at least for the next couple of weeks. So it, it would not be at all surprising if they went and won these next two games, got over 500, and that if the offense started to come to life at midseason and got progressively better under a new quarterback surrounded by a lot of young people and players who are hurt and maybe will get healthy. So it's not unreasonable to think that this thing will get better gradually, but we need to start seeing some signs of that actually happening pretty soon. Couldn't agree more. And as we close, the, the irony of Derek Carr is uh, the, the checkdown guy, he's been called that, has actually, he's actually thrown as many deep balls as anybody in the NFL. That's the problem. It's either a check down or just throwing it as far as you can, and there's nothing in between. And the deep ball percentage obviously is poor. Yeah, and you, you nailed it right there. Uh, you know, those intermediate routes, which, by the way, Mike Thomas is probably the best receiver in the NFL at that, and with the tight ends they have, and Dennis Allen indicated that Juwan Johnson might play this week today that's when he spoke huge. today. That's huge. So um, they have the, the players, and with their inability to pass block all that well, you know, those intermediate routes become a lot more important than those deep routes. So mm-hmm. I think game planning, play calling, execution, there are all kinds of fingerprints on the offensive problems. But to try and get back to the positive aspect a little bit uh i think it's reasonable to think that they can get gradually better as the season goes along and still salvage something from this but they have a lot of work to do to get there less east crescent city sports.com less always a pleasure thanks so much for the time thanks ken all right a brief time out here still to come we'll talk to shemit dua about the pelicans later this hour coming up next we'll visit with jordy colada the jordy colada show on the lsu tigers as all access continues for a Monday night, Ken Trahan with you here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgater Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 106.1 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgater Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 106.1 Nash Icon. Celebrating 90 years of excellence, the All-State Sugar Bowl is one of college football's most enduring traditions. And for nearly a century, the Sugar Bowl delivers for New Orleans, for Louisiana, and for the region. Major events, big tourism, and a national spotlight each and every year. And this season, it's even bigger. The college football playoff semifinal at the 90th All-State Sugar Bowl, New Year's Day in the Dome. The Sugar Bowl is presented by All-State, Louisiana Tourism, and New Orleans and Company. Exergen thermometers are proven to be more accurate than non-contact thermometers. With children back at school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers are inaccurate and can miss fevers. Accuracy matters. That's why the Exergen thermometer is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen thermometers are available at Walmart and other participating retailers. Choose a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters at exergen.com. 
Hey, Saints fans. We're Dully DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. We all know that on game day, the Dome is a special place to be. It's where our Saints show up to lay it all on the line. At Dully DeBosier, we love cheering for the Saints. And we love representing our fellow Saints fans all across Louisiana. Demand Dully DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. Call 444-4444. That's 444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans, LA 23-15662. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. You're all set with your Medicare prescriptions, Mrs. Brown. This is not just low-cost copays at Walgreens. I can actually help you set up 90-day refills if you want. This is having a partner you can trust. Get low-cost copays, 90-day refills, and delivery from your neighborhood Walgreens. This is being independent together. Walgreens. Restrictions apply. For details, see walgreens.com pharmacy. In business, service is everything. Cintas delivers what you need to better serve your customers. Whether it's freshly laundered work apparel for almost any job imaginable, tested and inspected fire protection systems, first aid and safety supplies, on-site AED training, or mops and restroom products stocked and ready when you need them. Better work days happen together. So visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. OMG, hot and crisp nacho fries are back. And there's even more fries to love now at Taco Bell. But it's now or never. Yeah, these fries covered in bold Mexican spices with nacho cheese sauce are only here for a limited time. At participating U.S. Taco Bell locations for a limited time only, while supplies last. All right, good afternoon. Still 55, uh, parts of 55 uh, remains closed due to the several vehicle accidents and situation that happened this morning with the fog. Closure is in effect until further notice. And if you wanted to take 55, go ahead and take US 51 instead. Causeway Boulevard, veteran between veterans and the causeway. It's a little stop and go in the Metairie area right now. Eastbound I-10, 610 to Downman, seeing slow traffic this afternoon. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Calling all listeners, what's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. This is with Schmidt Dua on the New Orleans Pelicans coming up in about oh, 13, 15 minutes or so. 
Pelicans getting ready to start their season here. Two nights at Memphis. LSU Tigers, of course, enjoying the week off in football, now 15th in the nation after dismantling Army, as they were expected to do, and, of course, getting the week off to prepare for Alabama in Tuscaloosa on CBS, primetime 6.30, November 4th. Joining us to talk about the Tigers from the Jordy Collada Show, does an outstanding job. you got to check out the podcast. Jordy Collada joining us now. Jordy, always a pleasure. How are you? King, good to be back. Thanks for having me, man. And remind everybody about how the Anacostia show as well. It is, uh, yes, thank you, 7 to 9 a.m. And uh, on YouTube, and uh, you can find us on uh, social media is the easiest way to find us uh, on Collada Show to keep up with all of uh, what we have going on. Uh, I appreciate that opportunity. Well, listen, it's our pleasure. Look, I'd, I'd like to think that this LSU defense is improving. The numbers certainly reflect that. I think the opponents have had something to do with that. But I also think Pete Jenkins has had a little bit to do with it as well. Your thoughts? He absolutely has made an instant impact, Ken. You know, when you look at some of the low-hanging fruit that he was able to kind of clip for LSU football, I mean, it's simple things like alignment and, you know, really rotating the right guys and guys being in the right places and people knowing where they're supposed to be. I mean, things that, you know, seem very elementary for uh, football programs and something that LSU was just, they were lacking, they were missing. And I think that Pete Jenkins instantly came in and was able to, you know, remedy that stuff. And, you know, you can see he's obviously a very principled guy. And, you know, last week versus Army, that's, that's a triple option team that, 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 you know, you have to run your assignments. You have to be in the right spot. you got to stay disciplined. And, you know, I think Pete had a lot to do with, with, with that as well. So uh, I agree. I, I think that Pete has come in and made an instant impact, and you can see it in, in a couple of areas, not only, you know, the, 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 the production on the field, but, you know, in simply the guys that are out there. I, I think the rotation is, is something that he's had a, you know, a, a hand in as well. Yeah, we see different guys playing, maybe that didn't play as much before. And also not losing contain nearly as much as we saw mm-hmm. in previous games. I mean, that was so obvious early in the season. People were getting the edge with ease. Uh, that's not the case so much now. Same thing with pass rush and losing contain on quarterbacks. It still happens occasionally, but not nearly as much. Like I said, maybe it has to do with the fact that Auburn doesn't throw it very well, and Army obviously doesn't throw it well. But you still see the progress. And credit Brian Kelly for, for bringing in Pete Jenkins. You know, some yeah. coaches have too big of an ego uh, to admit that maybe they made a mistake when they tried to rearrange the staff prior to the season. And in this case, Brian Kelly said, look, we got to fix this. He went out and got a guy with you know, all kinds of skins on the wall. I agree. Look, and, you know, from, from, from Kelly's standpoint, it was a hell of a hand he was dealt. I mean, you know, Lindsey goes down the day before training camp starts. I mean, it yep. just hired the guy two months prior to that. You know, you, while, I mean, look, we're, we're all from the outside looking in. We're all football, football, football. Get the football stuff done. There's a personal element to this thing that, you know, I mean, I don't think a lot of people weighed of, you know, Lindsay, his family, the transition, what's going on. I mean, you know, the medical, the financials. I mean, a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, you know, football took a back seat to. And, you know, for, for the fan base and for people covering it, that makes sense. But, you know, for the people internal and people close to it, I mean, this is, this is a human being. And, you know, I think for, for, for them to kind of get past that or at least, you know, kind of digest that and, and then be able to, you know, realize, hey, look, they got to get some help in here. They got some guys out of place. And, you know, Pete Jenkins is, is sitting out there, and you know, it's not often that you have an opportunity to grab a guy like him who's just sitting there with the, you know, the, the, the setbacks that LSU was was going through. So, 
Um, yeah, I agree. I think Kelly realized it. I think if you asked him in confidence, he would. He probably wish he would have brought him in in August, but you know it, it was it was it had to happen, and he pulled he pulled the trigger. And you know I agree with you. A lot of coaches in that instance would have just said, "Look, we, we can get past it," but you know Kelly said, "Look, we we got to have it." Yep, fix the special teams after last year's debacle, and right. now fixing the defensive line a bit after the bad start. Of course, there's still the secondary to talk about. You know, Sam with a couple of interceptions. He's right up there in tackles for the team lead. So he's done a nice job. You know, Alexander was playing better, but then he got hurt in the game yeah. the other night. And that, that remains uh, the biggest issue and the biggest question and maybe the biggest problem on this team is the secondary and specifically the cornerback position. Yeah, Ken, going into the season, it was the biggest question mark. It, it was the part of the team that you were really the highest concerned about was the defensive backfield. And, you know, since the season started, it's gotten worse. Right, I mean, you're now looking at a bye week here where you're coming off of a game and all four of your transfer corners that you got out of the portal were, were, were not playing. I mean, you mentioned you lost Ty Alexander in the second quarter. Once he went down, Deuce Chestnut is not with the team right now. Uh, Denver Harris was inactive on, on Saturday night. And mm-hmm. J.K. Johnson was lost before the season to injury. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about all four guys that you got in the portal uh, from a cornerback standpoint, they, they weren't even available, weren't even an option. So, uh, you know, first things first, you got to get some warm bodies to take the Tuscaloosa. I mean, you look at guys like, you know, Ashton Stamps and Terrence Welsh and even a guy, um, you know, like Jeremiah Hughes who played the other night, a true freshman out of Las Vegas who mm-hmm. saw some time. I mean, it, it's you're down to the bottom of it, man. I mean, it's not guys who can play, who's out there. I mean, you're looking – for just guys that can, can step out there and fill a role. So, um, you know, I, I think this bye week is going to be going to be monumental to get guys healthy, to get guys back in the fold, and, you know, get guys coached up because, I mean, they, they're, they're in a bad spot in the defensive backfield. I mean, I, I, I don't even know if we can illustrate how bad it is after Alexander went down there. I, you know, the kind of stink of it is that he was – he was starting to play good. You know, I mean, I, I say good. He was just—you could see that he was really kind of starting to figure it out. His confidence was coming around, and that's what LSU needs going to Tuscaloosa. So, I don't think that the prognosis is good on him. I don't think he'll be ready for for, for Alabama. Uh, but you got to find some dudes. You know, I mean, Denver Harris has got to get back. Sage Ryan's going to have to step up. Some of these true freshmen are really going to have to log some time. That, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> it's a hell of a task. It is indeed visiting with Jordy Collada and. You kind of get the feeling that if LSU is going to win in Tuscaloosa, it's going to have to be like the 2019 game. They scored 46 in that game because, uh, again, you just don't know that their defense is going to hold up. Now, Alabama is not a pass-first team. Milrow makes his plays with his feet and then extending plays and making plays in the passing game. You know, decent passer, pretty good receivers, but their offensive line isn't what we've seen in recent years, but their defense is still good, so... Again, you know, this is a tough matchup, and obviously uh, LSU's secondary is the biggest concern. Last 15 years, I mean, this game has really kind of been built up as the top game in the regular season in college football. I think this 2023 edition is going to play right into that. I mean, you're looking at the, the, the best offense in the country against the defense that is gaining a lot of confidence and momentum. Guys like Dallas Turner and Kool-Aid McKinstry are, you know, big-time players that are going to be high-round draft picks, and you know, they got pros out there. They may not be – you know, putting up the numbers or, 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 or feel like the Alabama of, of years past. But, you know, they got the logo on the side of the helmet. They got the, they got the coach on the sideline. They got the scheme of the bye week. 
going into LSU. That team is going to be ready to play. And, you know, I, I'm like you, Ken. I, I believe that this is going to have a, a 2019 feel to it where, you know, it might be the last team with the ball could win. Uh, but, but, you know, this for LSU standpoint is, you know, I, I've got full confidence in, in, in the offensive unit that, you know, they, they, can, they can beat you in a multiple amount of ways. I mean, they've got a, a run game that's developed. You can throw the ball down the field. You've got the two best wide receivers in the country and maybe in, you know, I mean, maybe in the country, definitely in the league. Um, and and you've got the best quarterback in the country. And, you know, I think this is going to be a great test and a, and a hell of a showcase. If, you know, it, got, it got announced today it's going to be a primetime kickoff, but it deserves mm-hmm. to be that. Look, if LSU wins this game, I truly believe they'll win out. If they lose this game, they could lose to A&M. They could even lose to Florida. But I just think that's kind of the season they're having and kind of who they are. Exceptional offense, arguably the best in the country, one of the top five, without a doubt. A defense that's a little below average overall and way below average in the back. And a kicking game that's good enough. I mean, that's kind of who they are. I think we have a pretty good picture. Yeah, no, they, they have created their identity over the last couple of weeks. I mean, you look at this offense, and they put up 500 yards over the last six weeks, Ken, and, you know, defensively. Look, a couple of weeks ago, they couldn't stop Arkansas. Arkansas couldn't score a touchdown against Mississippi State this weekend. They fired their offensive coordinator. I mean, things were bad here defensively a couple of weeks back. And, you know, look, it, while it's not great improvement, they've shown some progress. I, like I, I said, I don't think, you know, obviously this defense is never going to be great. I don't even think they're going to flirt with being good, but they're going to be opportunistic. And over the last couple of weeks, they've taken opportunities and made the most of it, creating some turnovers, getting off the field on third down, being able to get some pressure on the pass rusher, on on the passer. You know, I mean, they've they've done some things well. They've done some things that, you know, look, it's not going to make them good. It's not going to make them great, but it, it makes them opportunistic. And, you know, against this Alabama team, if you can come up with a couple of stops, Right, it's not like you got to go out there and set the world on fire. Get this ball back to the offense. I mean, they they have proven that they can light any scoreboard up anywhere at any point. No doubt. And you know, about a minute left with Jordy Colada. Look, you look at the league right now. Missouri's better than anybody thought. That turned out to be a good win for LSU. You know, Tennessee couldn't hold a halftime lead. They're maybe not what people thought they would be. Georgia's good, but Bowers is hurt now, and he's out for a while. I mean, the league overall is just not as good. It's you got good teams, but you don't have great teams. And that's why I think LSU has a shot in a week and a half if LSU plays well. Kenny, I would say the same about the country. You know, I mean, I, I've watched mm-hmm. a ton of football this year. I'm sure you have too. And, I mean, the yep. quarterback play has been fantastic. But when yep. I look around, I don't see anybody that can guard LSU. I mean, from Texas to Ohio State, bring it in the league, to Georgia, to Bama, to A&M. Michigan, I mean, yeah, Michigan. Look, they, yeah, 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 Michigan. They got, they got good, solid teams out there. But when I watch LSU, I mean, I, I look at this offense, and, I mean, nobody really strikes fear in you. So, yeah, I agree with you. You get past November 4th. And, and, and you put your chips into the middle of the table and you say, look, man, let, let's, let's see what happens because I mm-hmm. think that this race in college football is as wide open as it's, it, it has been in a while. I mean, the 12-team playoff this year would be fantastic, right? I mean, it, to, to get the four teams this year, I think it's, you know, it's going to be tough to draw it down just because it's, you know, it, it, it feels like eight, nine teams could win it. Totally agree. Follow him on Twitter or at X at Colada Show. And, of course, uh, check out his show 7 to 9 a.m. on YouTube. Jordy, always a pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Thank you. Anytime, Ken. Thank you, man. 
All right, a brief time out here. We'll talk to Pelicans next with Schmidt Dewey as we continue with all access here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. This is Brandon Presley, and you might have heard Tate Reeves' ball-faced lies about me. I don't support sex changes for minors or boys playing girls' sports. Never have. Look, you know me. I'm not a member of a country club, don't take money from power companies, and don't have rich parents that can fund my campaign. So I'll never be able to compete with the millions more in campaign dollars that he has. But I know the truth is on my side. So here it is. I've never been afraid to stand up to my own party. That's why I'm pro-life, pro-gun, and pro-law enforcement. And it's been the honor of my life to serve North Mississippi on the Public Service Commission. But unlike Tate Reeves, I will expand Medicaid so we can keep our hospitals open and our people healthy. I'm Brandon Presley and I'll make you the promise that I've made you all these years. As your governor, I'll never forget where I'm from or who sent me. Paid for by the Brandon Presley Campaign. O'Reilly Auto Parts' new Brake Best Select Pro brand raises the bar for the best aftermarket domestic brake pads and rotors available. For vehicle-specific friction formulations, quiet tech noise-canceling shims, and stainless steel hardware, choose Brake Best Select Pro. Professional-grade brakes from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Sometimes I struggle to get to sleep. My body stopped for the day, but my mind is still running. So I take ZQuil. ZQuil, the world's number one sleep aid brand, has a range of non-habit-forming products to fit you and your family's needs. Invest in a great night's sleep for the best you tomorrow. I'm awake and ready to take on anything. Better days start with ZQuil nights. Explore our products at ZQuil.com. Uses directed. Keep out of reach of children. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. OMG, hot and crisp nacho fries are back. And there's even more fries to love now at Taco Bell. But it's now or never. Yeah, these fries covered in bold Mexican spices with nacho cheese sauce are only here for a limited time. At participating U.S. Taco Bell locations for a limited time only, while supplies last. All right, good afternoon. Still shut down is I-55 southbound frontage road to... uh, uh, old US 51. Now, this is cleanup from the previous problems that we had early morning with the accidents and the fog. But again, 55 southbound uh, shut down between Frontage Road and Old US 51 still as they're doing the cleanup right now, but not seeing any major delays uh, across the New Orleans area. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Always a pleasure to welcome Schmidt Dewar to the show. Does a great job analyzing the Pelicans and the NBA, of course, uh, Fear the Brown on X or Twitter, if you will. Of course, the in the NO pod as well, the in the New Orleans pod, you can check out through Bourbon Street Shots. Schmidt, a pleasure. It's that time of year again. And I guess the, the biggest question right now is, you know, who's playing, who's not? I guess Alvarado probably won't play. 
Nance is a question mark. We know Murphy's not playing. But there is Zion Williamson, right? Yes. Uh, as, of, as of right now, I believe heading into the season opener, uh, Larry Nance is most likely going to play. Cody Zeller will be available. Um, the only major components that should, not, should miss time will be Jose Alvarado and Trey Murphy. How do you suspect they will play? You mentioned Nance and Zeller. Uh, we know Williamson can slide to the five and will. How do you suspect they'll use Nance and Zeller, and, and how will they figure in the mix? To be honest, I don't expect Zeller to get much playing time un- unless Jonas Valanciunas is hurt or in foul trouble. So that's how they'll probably use Zeller. Uh, Nance, I expect them to have a, sepa- a similar usage as last year where Nance was closing out games at the small ball five position. Uh, I know there's a lot kind of being made of, of Zion at the five um, I'm not sure that unit is, is equipped defensively. I do think you know they might see it in bursts to juice up the offense a little when they need it, but I expect Nance to get a lot of those minutes. Well, they weren't very good shooting threes last year, and they didn't do a whole lot to address that. Jordan Hawkins would be the, the lone exception, but uh, are they going to trust a rookie to, to be in the rotation in that regard? I don't think so. I mean, I think Hawkins is going to probably get a few minutes here to start the season, and I think about five, ten games into the season, the minutes will start tightening up unless he's uh, performing well above expectations. Uh, but for the most part, I don't expect him to play any, any meaningful minutes. I don't expect him to play in close games. I don't expect him to play versus good teams unless there's injuries. Yeah, I, I kind of see it the same way. Visiting with Shemit Dua, talking about the Pelicans. Of course, Trey Murphy being out is a big loss because he is that guy. He's a guy that can really shoot it. Of course, he's, he's a versatile wing. He, he expanded his offensive game last year, being able to put it on the floor and get to the paint. And he's, he can defend, and that's, that's a loss. I mean, if you're talking about losing a player, everybody focuses on the big three. This guy is every bit as valuable, isn't he? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, and, and the thing about Trey is, is, is his size, right? 6'9", um, big wingspan, can defend across the spectrum of positions. Just He's the type of player every team wants and is in, uh, paying a lot of money to approximate, right? So Jalen McDaniels, McDaniels in Minnesota just got $136 million over five years. Um, plays a similar role, I think, just not as good of a shooter as Trey, not as good as an offensive player, maybe a little bit better defender. Devin Bissell got you know north of $100 million. A lot of these players are getting big-time contracts, and, and I think Trey Murphy is going to be a line for one next year. Yeah, I would agree. And, in fact, were he healthy, uh, I have advocated for him being the fifth starter, uh, not Herb Jones, and bring Herb off the bench. Herb's a great glue player. He's a great defender, a solid guy, but – uh, you know, the NBA is all about being able to score the basketball and shoot threes, and Trey Murphy can do both. Absolutely. I, I'm in complete agreement with you there. Not only that is, I, I think this year, had, had he had the whole season, and, you know, he might still make this case, but I think he would have made the case to be the Pelicans' outright third-best player this year. And and I just, you know, don't see many high-level winning teams bringing their third-best player off the bench. I think he's going to be the future uh, for this program, and, and I think you need to maximize the amount of minutes he and Zion share the floor together, and you can't do that if they don't start games together. What do you see in Dyson Daniels? I mean, we don't put much in, on summer league games at all, but we watched him and still doesn't shoot the ball well enough. Really good defender, good wingspan, good size, good ball handler. Uh, but again, 
he's very young, and I get it, and we're going to use that frequently, but he hasn't really expanded his ability to shoot or score the basketball at this stage. Well, Coast, Coast Summer League, he has changed up his shooting form again, and he shot it decently well in the in the preseason. The sample is just too small to make anything out of, right? So he's shot, he shot about 40% from three mm-hmm. in, in, in the preseason, which is promising. Uh, you want him to keep getting these attempts up, keep getting the volume up. Uh, outside of that, I mean, he's a, he's a high-level defender, rebounder, uh, playmaker. He, he is, like you said, like a, a very good glue guy, someone that's going to elevate – those high usage stars that he plays with, but he just can't be in a ton of units that also feature non-shooters. So he can't be in a lot of units that have Zion and Herb Jones together, or Zion and Larry Nance together, or Zion and and even Jonas Valanciunas. The team's makeup is kind of prohibitive uh, when it comes to getting him minutes on on the floor, but if if his shot is decent, that, that should change. Then, of course, it comes down to the rotation, and some people have brought up the whole Kyra Lewis situation, and my take on that is this is, this is it for him. He's either got to put up or shut up in terms of being able to be a player for this team in this league. My guess is those minutes are going to go to Dyson Daniels uh, with Alvarado not being on the floor. I think Kyra's going to get a shot here to start the season, right? Like, like not dissimilar to Jordan Hawkins. I, I think he's he's got more trust earned from the coach or coaching staff in regards to like defensive assignments and whatnot. But like, I think the first five games or so, he's going to get a real opportunity. And, and as you said, he's got to show what he's capable of doing. And if he's not productive, those minutes are just not going to come by. And and I think you know, regardless of how productive he is, I do think he is going to end up being moved later on in the season. Just there's the relationship with the the luxury tax kind of uh, has, has sealed Kyra's future with regard to that. Um, either they're going to duck the tax or they're going to combine his salary with other players to get someone better. So if, if they plan on plan, paying the tax. So yeah. I just, I don't think he, he, he's here long-term. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I see. And it's not a knock on him. He's uh, no doubt. He's quick. No doubt. He's fast. His shot looks good. Uh, when it comes out of his hand, you know, he, he's one of those guys that you look at and you say, man, he could be, he could be that guy, but they've already got Jose Alvarado uh, to fill that role for them. And, you know, two small guards like that aren't going to play together. So that's an interesting dynamic. The Western Conference, it's, it's so interesting to, to look at this now because, you know, Wembenyama's a, obviously a freakish guy and will lift the San Antonio franchise. Oklahoma City's a really good-looking young team. Uh, we know what Golden State is. Of course, Denver's the champion. Lakers are going to be good. You know, figure the Clippers to be good. You put Doncic and Irving together now uh, to start a season to see how that works. Memphis without Morant, but they're still a good team. I mean, this is a deep conference. This is not going to be easy for this team to win 50 games. 50 games I I don't think is is easy for anybody, Uh, even some of the better teams out there in the Western Conference. But I do think that, like, as long as they don't take this season for for granted – there's wins to be had, right? I, I don't think Houston's going to be quite as good as, as people expect, even though they spent a lot of money on on vets. Obviously, Portland's going to take a step back. Memphis missing Stephen Adams is, is big time. Uh, you know, Pelicans open the season against them. Stephen Adams has historically given Jonas Valanciunas fit. So, uh, you know, hopefully that's a matchup that's not going to swing in their favor. Um, Dallas is, is looking to start multiple rookies, or if, at least one rookie in Derek Lively at center. Um, and, and they don't really have many defenders on their roster. So, and, and Kyrie Irving is, is mercurial as always, so you just don't know what's about to happen. 
um, there. So, you know, I think if, if, if the team is healthy, the Pelicans are healthy, and they uh, take this season with the mindset of, you know, this is a, a big-time prove-it year for, for a lot of them. You know, I think jobs are going to be on the line if, if things go sideways. Then, then there's wins to be had. But, if, you know, if they approach this casually, if people miss time and, and you know, season starts to trend that way, then it's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, you know, vital thoughts here. They, they feel like they being David Griffin and Trajan Langdon, they feel like they've put a roster together that can win. They just haven't been able to get those guys on the floor for any consistent period of time. Whether that is true or not, we'll find out this year because either they're on the floor and they're showing that, or once again, they're not on the floor and you have your answer once and for all that you've got to move on from people. And that, you know, Ingram missed 30 games last year plus, you know, then of course you got the whole situation with Zion. Now you got Murphy out and I mean, you've got to get, I mean, what's the optimum? 65 games? Is that, that what you're hoping for for Zion? Is, is, that what, is that what we've come to? Is that what we're thinking at this stage? Well, that's certainly what the NBA has defined as the threshold to win awards. So I think that's, that's a fair expectation. You know, the teams that typically have a lot of postseason success, a lot of regular season success, are the ones that feature multiple all-NBA players or at least one all-NBA player. Um, and and if Zion is to qualify for that, he's going to have to play for a lot of those games. And if he doesn't play those games, and like we all saw last year, how how this team kind of struggles without him, uh, they they have their moments. But if there's you know there's no one driving force. So 65 is I would say a fair barometer. But you know I, at the end of the day, if he gives us 62, I'm not going to complain as long as those 62 are coming in April and May and June. You know that if if, if if, if the games are at the back end of the season, I think that's a little more palatable than, you know, early on, and then you miss the playoffs and, and, and that sort of situation. Right there with you. We agree on virtually everything. And remind everybody about how they can follow you, Schmidt. They can follow me on Twitter or X at Fear the Brown, and I write, I cover the Pelicans and I write about them regularly at inthenow.suspect.com. Uh, so you can check out all of my thoughts there, and you know, we'll be publishing the podcast there as well. Outstanding work, Shemit. Thank you. Always a pleasure. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Our pleasure. Shemit Dua, excellent analyst on the Pelicans. We'll take a time out here. When we return, we'll update you on the baseball playoffs and the NFL tonight as we continue with all access on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Ad paid for by the Sentinel Group. Attention Marines, military personnel, families, and contractors who were stationed at Camp Lejeune. Were you present at Camp Lejeune between August 1953 and December of 1987? You may be entitled to significant compensation. For nearly 34 years, those in the Marine Corps' base Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries, including several forms of cancer, adverse birth outcomes, Parkinson's disease, and more. North Carolina's procedural laws have prevented victims from getting the justice they deserve, but passage of the Camp Lejeune Justice Act of 2022 would allow you or a loved one to file lawsuits seeking compensation for illnesses and injuries linked to the toxic water. Call today for your free consultation. 800-374-3125. Let our Experienced attorneys fight to get you the compensation you deserve, and you pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. Call 800-374-3125. That's 800-374-3125. Again, 800-374-3125. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. 
¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. After a truck crash, you're dealing with serious injuries, but that's not all. Now you're up against a trucking company with lots of lawyers, money, and experience fighting against accident victims like you. You don't want any part of that. Put our truck team on your side. At Dudley DeBosier, we have years of experience fighting for crash victims and against trucking companies. If you've been injured, demand Dudley DeBosier. 444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans, LA 23-15658. Celebrating 90 years of excellence, the All-State Sugar Bowl is one of college football's most enduring traditions. And for nearly a century, the Sugar Bowl delivers for New Orleans, for Louisiana, and for the region. Major events, big tourism, and a national spotlight each and every year. And this season, it's even bigger. The college football playoff semifinal at the 90th All-State Sugar Bowl. New Year's Day in the Dome. The Sugar Bowl is presented by All-State, Louisiana Tourism, and New Orleans and Company. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Looking like there's going to be a seventh and deciding game in the National League Championship Series because the Arizona Diamondbacks lead the Phillies 5-1 going to the ninth inning in Philadelphia. Should the D-backs hold on, they would force a seventh and deciding game tomorrow. Meanwhile, the American League Championship Series will be decided tonight. The Rangers at Minute Maid Park to take on the Astros in Game 7. The winner wins the American League Championship and goes to the World Series. Visiting team has won every game in the series. Amazing. And in the NFL tonight, San Francisco 49ers 5-1 at Minnesota to take on the 2-4 Vikings. 
Our thanks to Shemit Dua for spending time with us, also to Jordy Collada and to Les East. Tomorrow night, Jude Young has all-access sports talk at 6 p.m. I'm back on Wednesday. Until then, for Rudy Dixon, Ken Trahan saying thank you for joining us and be a good sport. God bless you one and all. We are rounding third and heading home. So long. Thanks for listening to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The best prep sports site in Louisiana with the state's best prep football scoreboard. All Access was 